Welcome to another episode of Restoring Your Voice. I am your host, Pastor David, where I help you use your God-given voice for the glory of God to speak up and speak out. Well, welcome to today's episode. And um, before I begin, I just ask for your prayers um, as I'm moving in the direction uh, I believe the Lord wants me to move in. The um, warfare is uh, kicking up to like 10,000 notches. So just please pray for me, my family, our ministry, our church. Thank you. Okay, so on today's episode, um, I really want to talk about majoring on the minors versus minoring in the majors, and what does that even mean? Well, when I say majoring in the minors, in other words, in other words, we will focus often on time on things that really don't matter. They're not worth defending and dying for. Um, and we have this big, huge issue in the church today. Like, what do I mean? Like, oh, we will focus on the type of music a church sings or does or doesn't. Well, on their worship style, um, on the size, on the denomination. And we will focus on that type of stuff. Or, or the Bible translations. You know, we'll focus on that. What Bible translation should you be reading? Um, and then... That is just a bad way to go. So we're doing that because I believe that we end up minoring in the majors. What do, what do I mean by that? What are the majors? Well, the most important thing is that salvation comes through repentance in Jesus Christ alone. There's no other way. Okay, there's no other definition of salvation than that. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ himself said to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Okay, so only through him. That is it, salvation alone. But we minor on that, right? Oh, and then, you know, we'll nitpick apart other things, but we won't question the validity of somebody's salvation, right? By the fruits that they show. Are they are they displaying Christ-like character um, as much as possible? I know we all need to grow in that. And, you know, none of us are exempt from, from maturing in that area, but are they? Or, or is vitriol coming out of them? Are they just nasty people, maybe? Maybe they're just argumentative. Maybe they, they cheat and lie and steal, uh, whatever it may be. Um, lust, pornography, I, you know, are, none of that is Christ-like character. So don't tell me somebody's saved in that. And we're going to mind that. We don't care. I mean, just love everybody right into the kingdom. Um, they attend church. They must be saved. They love the Bible. They must be saved. Well, no. Or, or a minor on those two areas. So salvation through Jesus and repentance alone. And then Christ-like character. Right or, or we'll we'll minor um, whether or not Christ is coming back when they uh, fact he is returning for his bride. But we, we don't really question whether somebody believes that or not. And so we've gotten lost in the weeds, right? We, we've uh, gotten in bed with the devil in the details many times. Uh, you know that saying the devil is in the details, and well, that has um, never been sure than right now in areas and in some people and some churches overall and so quote unquote ministries where, where you know they just pick apart other people i'm just gonna fall fine i'm gonna find the fault in other people let me give you a hint there has never been a perfect person walking this earth except for one and his name is jesus the lord god of all amen that's it so that means none of us are perfect right we're all growing i mean paul considered the greatest apostle ever you know besides jesus 
you know, he himself wrote that he does the things he does not want to do and the things he wants to do he does not do so clearly clearly none of us are perfect but we're going to focus on the imperfections of others right and so we're we're judging unrighteously we are doing exactly what Jesus tells us not to do all right and, you know i know people love don't judge and they stop there right just the bible says don't judge no that Jesus says before we do that let's ensure that that sin is not in our life right the big plank right we're 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 going to we're going to pick at that speck you know you don't speak perfectly oh i heard you speak one time ah and then, i mean i mean we will go so far as to label our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ leaders especially anointed and appointed by God as heretics what a dangerous thing because a heretic is hellbound but we do that because we're trying to look at that speck oh and we're, we're you know many of you out there are ready to pounce on the first mistake you hear oh did you listen to what they said right all the time you know that big old plank as um blocking you from seeing the truth and extending grace and seeing the anointing of God upon other people you know you refuse to remove out of a place of pride my friends we need humility back in the church you know not not enough of that is is preached right we preach on faith for instance right lots of lots of preaching and teaching on faith right lots of things um even on prophecy and prophesying and so on and and other areas healings spiritual warfare but i'm going to tell you honestly that while all of that is good and i and i don't dismiss any of that however all of that is worthless and will become a point of contention if it is not backed up by somebody who is humble in nature and we can all work on that by the way why would i say that because if you become proud if you become arrogant go look at me you know you believe your own press don't you know what other people say about me or don't you know the book reviews don't you see that don't you know the amount of people i prophesied to well good and i don't dismiss books i don't dismiss praises of people however they are not at the end of the day our litmus test are we humble right are we willing to accept correction are we willing to realize we all need to learn we all need to grow and that you know until we get to heaven you know Jesus is doing his great work in us at least if you let him do we do we have the humility to to do that do do we have the humility to say hey you know what i can't do this by myself i need to be yoked in a family of believers or right? i need fellow christians to walk this journey with me the bible highlights this as always you know i love scripture And the Bible absolutely does. Paul writes, you know, can the hand say they don't need the foot and you know, whatever as it goes on. So the point is we all we are one body. All right, we should be one team one fight. And then that my friends is straight out of scripture and what I'm kind of trying to highlight today. All right, that not everything is worth dying on a hill for. All right? Not say somebody's eschatology right their study of the end times right when is jesus coming back no what really matters is are they living for jesus now are they advancing the kingdom of god now right or 
are they just waiting for Jesus to come back and hopefully take them out? Okay, now that we should major on, right? Because Jesus gives us the Great Commission, right? To go and make disciples, not not from our couch. To go and make disciples, do we have to go out? We have. So that is what we need to be doing. What that looks like in each and every one of our lives, well, that's between you and God. But you know, we should major on that. We should major on whether somebody is truly saved. And I don't care who that person is, by the way. All right, we have way too many leaders in in currently. Um, in leadership who have no business being in leadership all right they don't live a life of holiness and purity and humility and integrity and you know all that Christ-like character they don't display it so you can call yourself a pastor right or not you can call yourself whatever doesn't make you saved we can major on that not major on calling people out name by name but we can major on the truth right we can major and looking at that and then we use that and take it and apply it to ourselves saying you know what I don't think that's great I see the way this person is you know I don't want to be like that I mean this is something I, I applied to myself when I during my 20 years in the army right I, I would look at leaders right and I would take from them okay well that's good I would look at other leaders and say you know what I'm never going to be like that when I get in that position um, and I'm not saying that out of a place of pride I'm just saying this is what I applied even when I was unsaved in the army. And I, I, should we not all try to do that? And and when we see other people, right, instead of saying, well, look how bad they are, look how great I am. How about we use that and, and say, you know, I hope to one day be like that. Or I hope one day not to be like that. All right? Never say never. Let me just give that out. All right. That is one thing. I will never do that. I will never be like that. I will never fall to that sin. And what you just did is paint a big target on you for the enemy to attack you. Because you don't realize that anybody can fall away. All right, nobody is immune to that. And we, we need to major on on Christ-like character. It's not enough of that. You know, let's major on, you know, being a prophet. Let, let's major on apostles, you know. Those are, are good, and I don't dismiss any of that. But at the same time, I do wish we could major on Christ-like character. Right? Stop minoring in the majors. Right? If we did that, if we if we majored on the majors, then guess what? Those minor issues would be, well, minor issues. Those, those issues would not seem so big and we could look past people's minor issues, right? We, we would extend it something called, I don't know, grace toward them, right? The very thing, same thing that Jesus extends to every one of us. And if you don't think he doesn't, if you don't think you need his grace extended to you, well, let's look at the opposite, which would him extending your wrath, his wrath to you. But because we're imperfect, guess what? Jesus extends grace. So if Jesus extends grace to us and we know that he does that, right? And we know he exhibited that behavior during his earthly ministry, right? The disciples and as well as the 12 apostles, you know, were constantly just doing what everybody does and mess up. But Jesus didn't call down fire from heaven on them. 
He didn't kick them out and say, you know what? I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Judas. I'm sorry. You know what? Your, your, your view of money is just, hmm, sorry. No. Oh, Peter, really? Again? Sorry, Peter, just not good enough. No. Peter and others went on to become great in the eyes of God because they were humble. Right? We, we, we can see what Peter was like. And then afterwards, we see how humble he was. And it was because of that humility, right? Exhibited first after he met with Jesus, as we see at the end of the book of John. And Jesus restored him. Why? Because Peter humbled himself. And because of his humility, he was able to operate in such a level of power and authority that is severely lacking in the church today. We're not lacking in, in authority and power because, um, I don't know, there's not enough prophets, okay? Or there's not enough apostles, you know? Or, or a church just isn't big enough and, it, you know, it's the numbers game. No, because we lack humility and we don't realize that that without Jesus, we are nothing. We can do nothing, right? The Bible says that I can do all things through my title of apostle. No. I can do all things through the calling. I can do all things through the anointing. No. I can do all things through Christ, the Messiah, who gives me the strength to do so. If we return to that, we would be able to recognize, you know what? I'm just not so much better than I, as I think I am. You know, I think I'm so much better than Bethel. I think my church is better than Bethel. I think the church I go to is. I think I'm better than Bill Johnson, all right, or or Chris Vallotton or, or or such things. All the rubbish out there today. When really, in reality, it's an equal playing field. Right, there, there is only one place that divides, and that's the foot of the cross. Have you been to the foot of the cross? It comes to salvation. And then picked up your cross and decided to follow Jesus and deny yourself, or have you not? That, that's it. Right? That is the only division. No, no, not by race, not by gender, not by station in life. Simply have you been to the foot of the cross, received Jesus as your Lord and then Savior or not? Let's take a break for an ad. All right, welcome back. So today we're talking about majoring on the minors versus minoring in the majors, and well, we should be majoring on the majors. And um, I'm really kind of the direction of the Spirit of the Lord hitting up Christ-like character, right? Now, what's an, what's another thing that we can focus on? Well, I want to talk to you leaders out there. All right, not as somebody who is so much better than you, but simply go by Scripture. Okay, when you read your Bible, all right, do you ever actually study what the Bible says that leaders should be, overseers, servant leaders? What does the Bible say about that? Do you ever actually study it? Do you ever actually, you know, do a self-checkup according to the scriptures? I like that, self-checkup. That's, that's pretty cool. Um... Because the Bible does tell us, man, these are the characteristics in 1 Timothy chapter 3. 
and then also to a young leaders in chapter 4. But it tells us in verse 1, Trustworthy is the same. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a good work. So it's not a bad thing in and of itself. But an overseer then must be beyond criticism. <clears throat> and now Paul goes on to explain it. One husband of one wife. All right. So <clears throat> if you want to be a um, overseer, you must be married. Okay. You must. It is a qualification. I don't know. People may not like that. But you must be married. If you're at that level of authority. Why? Because you must demonstrate that your marriage is, is good. And it's a perfect. No such, no such thing as a perfect marriage. But can you operate in unity with your wife? Because I'm telling you right now, if you cannot operate in unity with your wife, you will never be able to operate in unity with another brother or sister or leader in the body of Christ. <clears throat> you will be by yourself. You will reject other people. Because you lack the unity in your own marriage. If there's strife and contention in your own home, look, you will have strife and contention when you try to go into ministry. When you think maybe God called you to this position. And it, it tells us um, everything that we need to learn. So, so I urge you without you know going through line by line in the scriptures, study 1 Timothy chapter 3 and then I want you to see how many times the term servant leaders is mentioned now in my bible the tree of life version right servant leaders I highlighted it right here is mentioned at least four times servant leaders likewise so in other words everything that Paul mentioned for the overseers he says the servant leaders basically must be like that. And then he gives a brief description. Right? And then also let them first be tested. And then let those who are blameless serve as servant leaders. Then again, in verse 12, let servant leaders be husbands of one wife. Again, married. All right? I'm not shaming anybody for not being married. I'm not shaming anybody for maybe a divorce. All right, I'm not shaming anybody who who, ne who has never been married and probably may never be, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But the scriptures, the text is clear. Marriage must be. All right, I didn't say maybe be, should be, right? Let servant leaders be husbands, okay? And then again, the husband of one wife previously. And so again, the servant leaders well as servant leaders gain for themselves a good standing and great confidence in the faith that is in Messiah Yeshua. Notice how it circles back to Jesus, right? Because if we put our confidence in how awesome we are and how knowledgeable we are, um, perhaps in, in our doctorate degree, I say ours, not mine, I don't have one. Um, and in doctorates and the masters and the university and the seminary and the church, anything else we will fail and we will fail miserably and when we fall it's going to be very hard it's going to be very painful and it's going to be very difficult to get back up again not impossible but difficult and, and we may you know if that should happen then we may never be restored to full-time ministry we may never be restored to leadership why what well, i mean we should not want to be taken out by the enemy before the battle really begins 
So let's stop focusing on the things that don't matter. You know, do people speak in tongues or don't speak in tongues? Guess what? It doesn't matter. All right, the Bible isn't is is really really clear that for certain, tongues is not for everyone. Right? Some the word some is used and then to list spiritual gifts. And one of those spiritual gifts mentioned is tongues. So some. So we don't focus on that. And I, and I'm quite frankly, you know, it is very disturbing to see that so much emphasis placed on tongues. Why are we majoring on that? Huh? You know, that is not discipleship. We we need to focus on the great commission. All right, that is one thing to major on. Absolutely. Right? There is clearly a lack of discipleship in the in the body today and it is alarming. What do I mean by that? I mean people just go around thinking, "Oh, I believe this, I believe that," right? And I'm talking major major differences. You know, like cessationism. That is a major huge difference. But and, and I can go list the amount of division and because there is a lack of discipleship I fully believe I fully believe that but that's what Jesus said he said go and make disciples he didn't say go and make converts he didn't say go and evangelize let me let me just make this perfectly clear evangelism and discipleship are not the same thing not even close more than billions of light years apart why evangelizing is to get somebody into the sheepfold all right discipleship now is to help to grow mature train equip those people that have now been brought into the sheepfold but where do we see that where are the where are the discipleship programs in the churches today i ask you what is your church doing what does their discipleship program look like or do they even have one Let me know in a voice message in the link below or you can email me about this. The bottom line is we don't. Yet Jesus tells us to do that. But we won't focus on that. We won't focus on that. We'll focus on whether um a church has a great children's church or not. All right, we'll focus on the program. We'll focus on the church service times. Well, it's got to be on a Sunday. No, it has to be on a Saturday. No, I don't get which the Bible doesn't tell us what day it has to be on. And we'll focus on that, right? We'll focus on the worship music. Oh, was it good? Was it bad? Doesn't matter. Did you yourself worship the Lord in spirit and truth? Boom. But discipleship, let me tell you, I believe why people don't like to do it. Why? Cuz it takes time. It takes effort and it takes sacrifice. It takes time away from watching TV, right? Oh, uh, you know, we might have to be patient with people as we disciple them. I mean, we might actually have to extend grace toward them. Right? It requires us to serve. It requires us to be servant leaders to disciple because uh, discipleship is not us lording over others and commanding them. It is us serving them in such a way as to equip them to go out into the world and then as well disciple. And if we did this, we would see an exponential increase in the in the actual effectiveness of the church wherever 
Christians exist. We would actually see this. But disciple, you know, Christians don't want to be disciples. It takes humility to say, I need to learn. I don't know it all. You know what? That person, that person has been doing this for a while. And I need to fall under them. I need to learn. I need to glean from them. You know, that's why I, I, I respect the people I respect. So I read their books. I, I look at their resources. People like Cheyenne, people like Bill Johnson, um, who, who have paved the way, who, who exemplify Christ-like character, all right, who, who go out and are willing to do whatever it takes to bring Christ into all the world. And with that, my friends, we're going to end on this Thursday, June 24th, 2021. So God bless you all. And I urge you, I urge all of you, if you are aspiring to be a leader, then humble yourselves. Read through 1 Timothy chapter 3. Let scripture do its work in you. And my friends, you won't go wrong. God will bless your work. I say God bless you. And we will talk again.